This is Felix Drags Dale Through the Marvel Universe, where Felix... That's me. ...drags me, Dale, through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Today we are talking about The Incredible Hulk, a movie where the army tries to recapture a lost science experiment, a guy who gets very angry when his heart rate maxes out. Yep. So The Incredible Hulk came out in 2008, same year as Iron Man, our previous episode. Uh, This is the second film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Phase one, although it does not seem to be. Yeah. It's it's the black sheep, the odd man out. Yeah. Movie. Does not fit the Marvel formula. Is not There's produced. a Marvel formula? Oh, yeah. You'll learn the Marvel. By the time we get to like Civil War, you'll be aces with the Marvel formula. You think so? Because um, I'm pretty bad at learning this stuff. I usually forget most of the plot of things. The Marvel formula, it's not so much about plot, although that does lead into it, but it's it's kind of the way the movies look. It's the fact that there's always a big fight scene in the third act and a sky beam. It's like the, the snappy, quippy dialogue and the jokes and the fact that there's not a whole lot of like really graphic violence. It's a little Disney-fied. That's the Marvel formula. Okay. Um, this movie does not fit that at all. Okay. It's also not made by Marvel Studios. <laughs> so I believe it was produced by uh, Paramount. No, that was Iron Man. Universal. Universal did this one. Okay. So I had not seen this movie before we watched it together. Yes. Felix, have you seen this movie before? I had seen about three quarters of it. Three quarters of it. That's interesting. I'm assuming you fell asleep. No, I watched it. And then about halfway through, I started fast forwarding liberally. Because... It was dumb. <laughs> oh, okay. We're starting from a similar point then. <laughs> and I was bored. Okay. Um, but yeah, so there's another movie called Just the Hulk that mm-hmm. came out in 2003, which is a predecessor to this movie, but not a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, that's, that seems really, really strange to me, which is kind of why I think this Marvel Cinematic Universe and its phases are kind of bullshit. <laughs> Well, so the Marvel Cinematic Universe wasn't invented until Iron Man. Oh, it wasn't invented, huh? Yeah. I mean, like he says that he had this whole 10-year plan planned out since Iron Man, hence the uh, post credit scenes. But like Hulk 2003 was years before that. Um. Okay, you can do math with years. Yeah, that's nope. true. <laughs> so, but the opening credits of this movie are basically a montage of that 2003 movie just using the characters, the actors from this movie instead of the actors from that movie. Wait, okay, they switched actors? Yeah. Oh. It was not Liv Tyler and uh, what's his face? It wasn't? No. It wasn't Ed Norton? No. Oh, yeah. The The opening credits did help me kind of get what was going on, which is uh, they did a science experiment Liv Tyler was a scientist. Mm-hmm. Ed Norton was the science experiment. He hulked out and he hurt her. He was her. also a scientist. Uh, yeah, whatever. He's the experiment. The 2003 also, Hulk was starring Eric Bana. As the Hulk. I don't know who that is. And there is a general mustache who gets real upset and I immediately recognized him as related to Liv Tyler. Because he was so upset that she was hurt. Because mm-hmm. usually army guys, not upset about anybody getting hurt. That's kind of their job <laughs> yep. is to like 
put people in danger and watch them get hurt and hurt other people. Sounds right. Should we start with who's in this movie? Yeah. You must be the famous Pepper Potts. I am Loki. I am Groot. I am Iron Man. Agent Coulson. Hulk! <laughs> That's my favorite. Hulk? <laughs> <laughs> no, just that. That was fun bite. Okay. So in this movie, we have Ed Norton. As the Hulk. Not Eric Bana and not Mark Ruffalo. Uh-huh. Who are other Hulks? We have the computer graphics version of the Hulk. Yep. Who has an emo haircut from Final Fantasy. Uh-huh. And looks very different. Yep. Does he look different than other ver- computer graphics versions of Hulks? Worse. Looks well, worse. he looks better than the 2003 version. Okay. But well, way worse than the new one. Well, it has been five years since 2003, so I guess that's true. We have Dr. Elizabeth Ross, mm-hmm. played by Liv Tyler, Tyler, but they call her Betty Ross. And I think this is just because they wanted it to sound like Betsy Ross, <laughs> the uh, American flag lady. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. Okay. We have Betty's new boyfriend. Yes, for Modern Family. Yep. Um, he doesn't have much of a character. No. He's a therapist. I mean, a head shrink. <laughs> oh, he's a head shrink. <laughs> we have um, Betty's dad. I call him Colonel General Mustache. Uh-huh. I want to call him Colonel Mustache, but he's a general. Yes. Because it sounds like Colonel Mustard, yeah. but he has a mustache. It's See, a very remarkable mustache. I love Clue, but my first instinct whenever I hear that is Colonel Mustang from Full Metal Alchemist. What's his real name? Or like what's Roy? His, his real character name, not like his real actor name. It's an anime. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> General Mustache. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Not important. I assume, oh, no, it's General Ross because he's Oh, because it's the dad. <laughs> yeah. They have the same last name. Yeah. Okay. And then um, we also have one of General Mustache's soldiers who I call... Oh. Wannabe super soldier. Mm-hmm. And he's British. He's on loan from the British Army. Yeah, that makes no sense. Yep. Okay. Also, this movie starts out in Brazil. So um, we have some people who work at the factory with the Hulk when he is his non-Hulkified version mm-hmm. named Bruce Banner. We have a factory foreman, a factory sexual harasser, mm-hmm. <laughs> and his friends. Um a factory woman who is sexually harassed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's a bit of the movie that's set in New York, and we have a uh, taxi bad driver and sexual harasser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, another scientist who is a professor and nicknamed Mr. Blue, but yeah. he has a real professor name. I don't remember it. That's also not important, huh? No clue. Okay. Um, and then our Stanley cameo. Oh, okay. I am going to go ahead and guess that in this, they go to a pizzeria, or I'm going to go with a pasta place, where Bruce Banner sleeps above the pasta restaurant, and that place is called Stanley's Pizzeria. It is. So that must be Stanley, right? It's not. Damn. Because <laughs> he has lines. They gotcha. Yeah, they got me. Is that why it's called Stanley's? I'm sure it is. Okay. Um, no, the Stanley cameo is the old man who drinks the infected soda and presumably dies. 
<laughs> yeah, you said that during the movie, and I was like, why would he die? <laughs> the Hulk didn't die. He just became the Hulk. Yeah. Well, but it's gamma radiation, so How is he gamma- gets cancer, that I guess. That doesn't make sense either. <laughs> like, well, they called it gamma disease, right? Because he just got blasted with gamma radiation. Okay. Well, I didn't see the 2003 movie. You saw I- the montage. <laughs> Yeah, but that doesn't explain the, like, nonsense science, does well, it? the Mr. Blue, in one of their, uh, like, early iChat conversations, uh, describes, like, something to do with the serum that they're giving him to make him a super soldier is the reason he didn't die from the gamma radiation. Oh, so it's a combination. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, um, that makes... No, it doesn't make it any makes sense. No sense. Don't care. Um, so, uh, also... There is a theory out there that the Stan Lees are all the same person in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, so he so Stanley is Stanley. The I hang out in Vegas with all my Playboy bunnies. Yes, and then I moved to Milwaukee <laughs> to get a disease. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that seems like a dumb theory, but we'll see when he shows up in the third movie. Mm-hmm. Or not when we quit this podcast. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what the third movie is? No, you're going to tell me, aren't you? Is it Captain America? It's not. Is it Thor? It's Thor taking off his shirt. It's not. Tell me what it is, and then let's talk about some shirtless people. It's Iron Man 2. Oh, it's, oh that was quick. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. So. Let's talk about some people taking off their shirts. <laughs> Yes. Counting rating of shirtlessness. Okay. And Norton. He's shirtless all the time. All the time. He's like very, and not even just when he's turning into the Hulk. Like he's just shirtless sometimes. Yep. That's true. Yep. He's like, he's turning into the Hulk. He doesn't have a shirt when he's not the Hulk. Um, oh, he, the movie starts in, out in Brazil and he has this Brazilian Zen master yep. who, who doesn't wear this shirt and he does this weird thing with his stomach mm-hmm. where he like sucks it all the way in and goes, ooh, <laughs> um, which is the equivalent of I'm a, like a body roll wave with just his tummy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not wearing a shirt. No. Um, the computer graphics Hulk. Also not wearing a shirt. Not wearing a shirt. Somehow wearing pants. Yeah, he always rips out of his shirts, but never his pants. Yeah, that makes no sense. Okay. Um, Want to be super soldier. He is shirtless. And like has like painted on abs at one point. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then looks really sickly the next time he's shirtless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it was a dramatic change. Yep. And then I also put down the factory woman because there's a scene in it where where she's at home. And in the shower, and you don't get to see anything, but she's clearly not wearing a shirt, because mm. why would you wear a shirt in the shower? Well. Lots of shirtlessness. None of it I would rate very highly, though. No? Like, the best shirtlessness is probably the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> not even the Ed Norton th- stuff? No, because, Because like, you were like, he's in much better shape than he was in Fight Club. Well, yeah. Which is kind of true. I thought, but then, like, later you see him shirtless, and he looks kind of scrawny again. So I think it was just, like, he was, like, at an angle, probably just did a bunch of push-ups. They oiled him up. Okay. You know. Secret. Get oiled up. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, like, put some some cocoa powder 
and some oil on the, the like lines of his abs and his muscle definition to make it catch the light better. Yeah, well, if only I had any muscle definition in my stomach, because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I want to get that job. When I work in Hollywood, I don't want to be like a best boy or like a cinematographer. I want to be the hot shirtless man oiler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good luck with your career. <laughs> You want to be the men's sexual harasser? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I fit right in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> and there's um, plenty of men to oil up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Should we get into the plot? So, yeah. So, we already talked about how the credits yep. summarize the plot of The Regular Hulk from mm-hmm. 2003. Um, and then it opens up in the Rochina, Rochina? Sure. favela in Brazil. So I wanted to talk about favelas with you uh-huh. um, because geography. <laughs> and number two, this is like a terrible place for somebody who's a Hulk yes. to hang out. Okay. So are you familiar with favelas? Uh-huh. Okay. Because we saw them in this movie? <laughs> well, like, I mean, like there's that one like village in Greece, right? That like is essentially that. I don't know what village in Greece you're talking about. It's the about. one that everyone, I mean, maybe there's multiple, but like, it's the one you always see, you know, Mamma Mia and oh. everything else where it's like. Yeah, that's not a favela. It's basically the same thing. <laughs> that's just a city built on a hill. <laughs> I mean, it's made of like cement, concrete, mud, like houses that are all connected and there's little roads. Yeah, but that's like, I think that's actually engineered well. Oh. Favelas are just slums yeah only they're they're in brazil so it's a portuguese word okay and and so they're very very poor they're always built in the hills because well okay i shouldn't say that they're always built in the hills but they're generally built on the hills because that's where like the the worst real estate is Mm -hmm. and so it's just like it's very vertical because it's basically like a a sugarloaf mountain in the middle of a Brazilian city. And then um, nothing is constructed very well because it's just cement blocks. It's just tin. It's just that kind of thing. Um, So if you have somebody who is, you know. Growing 10 times their size rapidly. and Yep, and can like (laughs) stop. Roid rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that could cause some major destruction because there is no building codes in a favela. Mm-hmm. So this seems like the worst place because it's densely populated and there's no building codes. Yeah. Like this, like no matter where your Zen master lives, like you should probably not be living, picking the Zen master who lives in a favela well, or I'm, any place that's densely populated. I'm also confused by this idea that he lives somewhere that's like, sure, like Brazil is a little bit more remote, but like he's living no. in a city. Yeah, in Brazil, <laughs> like he's not living in the mountains or the rainforest. Nope, like. nope, nope. Looked up where this is. This is in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, like yeah. it is. It is. It is just to the west of like the fancy parts of Rio, like Ipanema and Copacabana, which is also coincidentally where the Jesus statue is. Correct. Yes, <laughs> we're, we're talking about last episode. Yeah, so it is. It's. It's kind of like. It's a poor decision on a fictional character's mm-hmm. part. A much better decision in the end of the movie, spoiler alert, fast forwarding, when he yet again 
goes to hide in a remote place because that's actually more remote. There's no plot arc in this movie. Um, he goes to the border between Canada and the United States of America where all the trees are cut down and no one lives. Yeah. Much better idea. Yeah. <laughs> where if you hulk out, you're going to stomp to the ground and like yeah. hurt some trees. It's not even, there's like not even a whole not lot of trees like, to knock over because they clear them. Yeah. Like not knock down like buildings on top of people. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, that was stupid. So um, what he does here is he has a dog. Uh huh. He has a TV. Uh huh. He's trying to learn Portuguese. Not well. Not particularly well. He works at a soft drink factory. Mm-hmm. Um, and at his job, he has a foreman, and he helps him out by like fixing out his machinery, and he helps out um a lady who's being sexually harassed. And when he's trying to fix the conveyor belt button. I still maintain that he was cut by electricity. Maybe he cut himself on the jagged metal, but it the way it looked, the thing zaps him and then he's bleeding. So it looks like he was cut by electricity. It kind of looks like that. <laughs> um, and he starts bleeding and it like he's on he's on a catwalk, right? Yes. And it falls from the catwalk onto the conveyor belt of open empty glass that are already filled with soda no they weren't filled. Were they, not? they were empty okay still health cold violation yeah no i was like eh, that's not good because like you have people walking above it mm-hmm. in their shoes yeah <laughs> yeah so he like he makes them stop the conveyor belt like noise and like he runs down and he wipes the spot of blood off of the conveyor belt because he sees the spot of blood on the conveyor belt he doesn't notice the spot of blood that's actually like in a bottle bottle. (laughs) which also huge missed opportunity see this is another reason this is such a bad movie and has no cinematographical nuance totally an opportunity for them to like flip the like cliche sign that every factory has that says how many days since an incident because they do that like six times in reference to how many days it's been since he's hulked out. Yep, that's true. They do. (laughs) So he gets cut. He wipes this thing down. Gives Stanley cancer. Yep. That that bottle ends up going to Milwaukee (laughs) to to Stanley who has apparently moved from like Las Vegas where he's getting get Like hanging out. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Or he goes back home to Milwaukee to drink some soda and get a disease. Anyway, in the meantime, Bruce Banner is also saving some lady from the sexual harassment where they show that he needs to closely monitor his heart rate Mm -hmm. in order to not hulk out where he says to the guy, you wouldn't like me when I'm hungry instead of angry Mm -hmm. because he doesn't speak Portuguese very well. Which is kind of funny to me because usually hungry and angry are pretty synonymous to me. Yeah. Also, it's the weird like comedic tone of this movie that I don't understand. Where like they make that joke, they make they, they try to like undercut and like subvert tropes about the Hulk. They make not one but two references to not wearing the purple pants, and then the whole like you wouldn't like me when I'm hungry, which I don't understand because it's like those jokes aren't particularly funny. No. Nope. And you'd only get that their jokes. Well, the the mistaken language one, I suppose, could just mm-hmm. be interpreted as a mistaken language joke. But like, you only understand those jokes if you understand 
the references they're making to the fact that like that's a thing that the Hulk says. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought Wh- it was stupid. Which y- you don't because <laughs> that whole opening sequence exactly. is all without sound. So well, and that's another problem I had with this movie. Jumping ahead yet again, is they make these references to the Hulk, like for example, referring to him as the Hulk when no one has called him that except for this one reporter lady on a news report that no one watched. Mm-hmm. Like the main bad guy calls him the Hulk at the end of the movie, and he is in a coma when that news report went around. Oh, yeah. That's very true. And then at the end, Hulk refers to himself as the Hulk and says Hulk smash, which is another thing that the Hulk says. Um as like a, a cliche Hulk line. I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe when you roid out, you start talking in the third person <laughs> and also give yourself a cool nickname because that's the only thing you could think of because that's the only thing when a giant green guy would be called. I don't know. Guess so. Okay. So the other thing that's happening when um, he's in Brazil is he's doing these experiments on himself to uh-huh. try to fix his Hulk disease. Yep. Which, meanwhile, like, not to nitpick, but where the hell did he get, like, beakers and, like, all that stuff? Like, he can't afford a, what's that thing called? Not a gyroscope. Uh, the thing that spins. Oh. <laughs> centrifuge? A centrifuge. He makes it out of a bicycle. <laughs> But he can afford, like, double beakers and burners and, like, all this other science equipment. Mm-hmm. And, a, like, a laptop with a portable, uh, like, satellite array thing. Oh, yeah. And he's and he's talking via his portable satellite array <laughs> to uh, via an encrypted link. Yes. To somebody he calls Mr. Blue. Which I laughed out loud. I don't remember if it was the same on his laptop, but I certainly noticed when he goes to the university in the next few scenes and he goes to talk to Mr. Blue, just on this random university computer that he clicks on in like the library, I think, there's an like an application on the desktop that's like encrypt a lock or something <laughs> oh, <laughs> that yeah. he clicks on. Of course. So like my school library has never just had encryption software sitting on the desktop. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. So yeah, yep. um, he's talking to Mr. Blue. Yep, he calls himself Mr. Green. How I also they that? don't ever refer to themselves as Doctor Blue or Green, which of everyone I've ever seen on television who have a doctorate, they're all pretty specific that you refer to them as Doctor and not Mister. Uh huh. Yeah. But I'm thinking about Mr. Freeze. (laughs) (laughs) Was he a doctor? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. He's talking to Mr. Blue. Then the army finds out about... Oh, he sent some blood to like... Oh, yeah. Freaking Dr. Blue. Yeah, Which I was like, dude, this guy is super interested in helping you. Don't trust him. And... Please send me your blood. Please send me your blood. I need more data. Please send me your blood. That seems like somebody you shouldn't trust. I was more concerned by the fact that he takes a vial of his blood and just sticks it in a styrofoam container and ships it in like a standard overnight mail from Brazil. Yeah. 
I wonder what this is. Could it contain any <laughs> biological substances? I mean, we'd be concerned if it contained seeds. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, just go around shipping blood. <laughs> yep. Then uh, Stanley gets cancer and the army finds out about it, which, again, cinematic universe inconsistency number one, two, five, who knows. The army and Colonel Mustache are in the S.H.I.E.L.D. database and using that to track him down. The army is not S.H.I.E.L.D. They don't have some, like, link because S.H.I.E.L.D. is just a... Something that begins with L division. Yeah. So S.H.I.E.L.D. is a branch of the U.S. government slash military, uh-huh. I guess. But it's not like the army. Like it's a right. private, like, like the U.S. army can't just tap into like the FBI's database, can they? Like the CIA and just like so. search people. Maybe he has super secret clearance. Yes. But yeah, so he does that and army lady helps him who's, one of the few female characters in this oh, film yeah, who is. also gets sexually harassed. Uh, oh, no, she doesn't get sexually harassed. She gets knocked out. But I think he calls her a bitch, so... What? I think that counts. Ah. Yeah. Anywho. So they find out that he's in Brazil, and they send down the super soldier and another team, and they're chasing him through the favela, and his heart rate is going up, but he's not hulking out. Even though yeah. he's running at full speed. Yeah. He's Jason Borning off of rooftops. Yep. He he's he's sneaking into his coworker female coworker's yes. house while she's in the shower and like, please don't tell on me. Uh-huh. And yeah, and his heart rate, like he's wearing this heart rate monitor and like yeah. Like they shoot. that is totally where your heart rate should be super high. Not one but two dogs. Yeah. I believe they just tranquilize them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they're trying to tranquilize them. But, like, they still shoot two dogs. Okay. And I didn't like that. You care a lot about dogs. Yes. Probably more about dogs than people because a lot of people get hurt in this movie. Who cares about the people that get hurt in this movie? They probably deserved it. The dogs <laughs> didn't deserve it. Gets chased through the favela. Yep. Heart rate never goes higher. No. Ends up in his place of employment mm-hmm. that that soda factory. I don't know if that was just coincidental or if he led them there. It might be because it's someplace where he knows, so he has the advantage of knowing his surroundings, where they Mm. are in a foreign place. And then, who's at the soda factory? The sexual harassers. And his friends! Why? I don't know. They're just hanging out after work. Yeah, that's that's what people do, right? Thrown out in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, which makes, makes after all that running, no. all that running from the army, that's what makes him hulk out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he just like murders them? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's So I, the first 10 minutes of this very long fight scene in yep. the soda factory, um, they do not show the Hulk. He's in the shadows, and you get like oh, a yeah. little glimpse of him, like the whole is, time. Is that how they saved money? I'm assuming that's crowd. how they saved money on the budget. Um, so that happens. This is also where I noticed that everything that can be green in this movie is green. Yeah, the soda is green. The explosions are green. The Hulk's green. His eyes turn like neon oh, yeah. green. They turn green from from like a Norton blue. Yeah, branding. <laughs> and so, Kit 
kills the sexual harasser gang, mm-hmm. surprises the army because the army just thought they were there to like recapture some dude who had some state secrets or whatever. Yeah. Ends up beating up everybody and destroying the factory pretty mm-hmm. much. Yep. Okay. So nobody of his old friends in that job in that job now has like a place to work. So no. they're all out of work. Yep. <laughs> and and the army is just like, what the hell? We went in to capture one guy. We thought you were sending like a lot of us for one guy. You know, we thought we were all going in for Jason Bourne and turns out there was a tank there. Yeah. In the soda factory for no reason. And they all. Thanks for warning us, are dude. Are like not sure what they fought, but they think it was like a man or like he had someone helping him. Yeah. And then yeah. Colonel Which Mustache like, is like, I can't tell you. And then the super soldier's like, you got to tell me. And then he tells him. Yeah. Which seems like a really poor decision. Just, I mean, like, I realize that army rules are different. But, like, if you expect somebody to be successful in fighting something, you probably need to tell them what they are fighting. Yeah. Rather than being like, oh, go die. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Very yeah. stupid. So then they like retreat and he runs away and wakes up by a waterfall in Guatemala. Oh, this is where we get to talk about geography. <laughs> so Guatemala is relatively near Brazil. Um, relatively near as in it's more close to Brazil than Texas is close to Brazil. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so Guatemala is in Central America, mm-hmm. but like, remember that Brazil is a very large country, yes. like land-wise. A lot of it is like Amazon rainforest, so it's very sparsely populated, but Rio de Janeiro is on the coast. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to take a guess as to how many hours it would take to fly from <laughs> Rio de Janeiro to like the middle of Guatemala. I'm going to go with like eight hours. Higher? Yeah, like 18. Wow. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It's that far apart? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Like That's how when- long we learned that it takes to fly to Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like when I flew to Brazil, when I flew to Rio de Janeiro from here, it's it took like 22 hours. Oh, I can't believe that. That's insanity. Yeah. I mean, like there was a layover in Texas and then another layover in San Paulo, but like it was it was like a full day. Ew. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. Although that and actually like, totally makes sense to me because I always think of like the United States as being really wide. So like flying from one coast to another obviously takes forever, mm-hmm. but it also takes forever to fly from the north to the south, even though it doesn't look nearly as wide. Yep. Yep. So like Brazil, your your is further east, like is further east, and then um then it's pretty far north and south. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So really far. Yeah. So he yeah. runs what uh-huh. would be an 18-hour flight. Yeah, because I tried to Google Maps this and be like, how long would it take to drive? And the answer was, we can't find any roads. <laughs> and then I was like, Google Maps? 
what if I put some cities in between so that you can like get me? So it was like, I can get you to Venezuela. And I was like, okay, great. Now get me from Venezuela to Panama City. And I was like, uh, uh, and I was like, what is going on? Do you not under, like. You have to like swim the Panama Canal or something. I don't know. I don't know. Well, yeah. So So he's in Guatemala. He's shirtless. He suddenly speaks a little bit of Portuguese. No. Okay. And tries to tell the guy he needs help in Portuguese. And the guy's like. I don't speak Portuguese. Uh-huh. So he uses his Spanish. And Spanish and Portuguese are really, really similar. Yes. Like, like if, like all the, when I was in Brazil, they all understood, like, if you spoke to them in Spanish, they probably, they got, like, the gist of everything. Mm-hmm. Not that I spoke Spanish or Portuguese. <laughs> I spoke neither of those things. But so then he's like, he's speaking Spanish, and he's like, the guy's like, I'm going to the next city, I can take you there. So then he goes to the next city, and it's just like, living on the street like a homeless person in his tattered, hulked-out clothing. Oh, yeah. With, the pants make no sense. Yeah, so now he's like, tired. Why, why Why? Why? do his pants stay on? No, I don't know. I don't know why he wasn't tired after running for what I imagine is like four days. Yeah. At, at Even at the Hulk's running speed. Yeah, makes no sense. Um, And then suddenly he's real tired, so he's got to take a nap on a street corner in a marketplace. And then he goes to buy clothing. At which point they make the first of the I'm not going to buy purple pants joke. Uh-huh. And then gets in a car? I don't remember. And drives to Mexico? I thought he just walked to Did Mexico. Did he walk to Mexico? Because at that point, that's a lot closer. It that's is. like Central America to, to mostly like the northern part of Central America or North America, depending yeah. on where you view that like line. So yeah, he goes to Mexico and then suddenly is at Culver College. Yeah. Which we don't know where that is. Yeah. I'm assuming it's in the Northeast. Yeah. I just got that vibe. Okay. Why did you think it was in the Northeast? It just looked like, you know, one of those wannabe Ivy League colleges. Like, you know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, it I, rained. There was a bridge. It rained and there was a bridge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got somewhere in the Midwest because it seemed like there were a lot of wide open spaces. Oh, true. Um, and and um, there was a river that had a lot of winding in it. There's also a waterfall. Oh, yeah, there was a waterfall. At one point. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. call for college where he goes to stalk Betty. Uh, yeah. He's not going to speak to her. Uh, he needs his research for Mr. Blue, but he wants to look at Betty first. Yeah. And then he so sees her his with his her new boyfriend. Yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about where Colorado College might be? I did a bunch of research into this. Oh. Okay. Ready? Geography. Guess what? It doesn't exist. <laughs> There's no place called Colorado College. But there are places that's called Culver City mm-hmm. outside LA. There's a place called Culver Stockton College in Canton, Missouri. Could be. There is a bus station called <laughs> Culver University in Irvine, California. And then there's a Calvert City in Kentucky. Probably not that. You don't think so? Culver and Calvert are different words. They are totally different words. Also, it's fiction, so it's a made-up place. I was going with Wisconsin because I believe that's where the Culver's chain of fast food restaurants originated. Okay. That's... 
That's pretty good. Let's just think about ice cream now. <laughs> it's a frozen custard. custard. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So they're at Culver College. He goes to get his research. He logs into the Encryptotron. Oh, yeah. It's on every computer. The research is gone, Mr. Blue. Mr. Blue's like, I can't fucking help you. Oh, you got to do better because I'm an evil guy. I need everything you have. So he's like, well, I guess I got to talk to Betty. Uh Uh-huh. Also, I'm going to stay above a pizza parlor (laughs) with my good friend Stan Lee. There's no relation to Stan Lee. And so then he goes to Stan's pizzeria and then... Wouldn't you know it, Betty and her head shrink boyfriend show up immediately after Stan tells him all about them. And then they try to order some pizza, but Stan's like, we're closed. And then she's like, come on, Stan. I mean, she's like, come on, Stan. Because Betty exclusively whispers in this movie, except for when she's screaming at the top of her lungs. Of course. That's how I talk most (laughs) of the time, right? (laughs) So then she like catches a glimpse of him creeping on her from the kitchen and she runs outside and he's hiding behind a dumpster and she's looking for him and it starts raining and he's hitchhiking and she's like, Stan, tell me if I saw what I think I saw. And he's like, he gives her like a knowing glance and then she runs out, completely leaving her boyfriend with like no explanation of what's happening. Uh And I'll be honest, like... Maybe I'm not as secure as family head shrink, modern family guy. But if my girlfriend ran out on me to chase after her ex-boyfriend in the rain with no explanation. Well, maybe it was just your girlfriend ran out and who knows what she was chasing. Maybe it was a cat. Okay, but like... I'd be concerned, first of all, with the fact that she's running out into the rain with no explanation. But yep. then later he learns what the reason was. Yep. And he just is like cool with that. Yeah. She well, like maybe. they almost boned. Like she just kicked him to the curb. That's real wrong. Maybe they hadn't been going out that long. I don't know. I don't know. It just it seemed unfair to maybe, the head shrink. Maybe it was unfair to the head shrink. And he but- still defended her. Even after they ran off together. They eloped. Eloped means they got married. <laughs> Who knows? You know, they went to Canada. Actually, uh, I don't even know if she went with him. Did she live? I don't remember. <laughs> Clearly not an important <laughs> part of the movie then. <laughs> yes, I believe she lived. I don't think she went with them to Canada. She's he not needed, in a single needed, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. He needed to zen out. Right. right? In, in a log cabin in Canada. Yep. Yep. I hope he wrote a book. He's oh, very smart. A, a book about Zen or a book about science? I don't know. A book about anything. I've always oh. wanted to like get a log cabin somewhere in like the woods and like write a book. Just like have some time to myself away from like the world and miserable. social media. I know. You're constantly on social media. Yeah. You know, and like have to fend for yourself. Like, you know, catch fish and like cut down trees. And... Have you ever done any of those things? Yeah. You've cut You've caught fish. I hate fishing. <laughs> cut down trees. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Okay. so Not like big th- trees, because that's a lot of work, but, you know, like a little tree. Okay. So you're going to eat trees. Well, sapling. <laughs> you're going to eat some saplings. <laughs> yep. Oh, I've, gonna- tapped, I've tapped maple trees for a sap, too. Okay. So you're going to eat maple syrup. Yes. In Canada. It's perfect. <laughs> 
Okay. You'd be so bored and you're not going to get anything done. I'll probably just end up sleeping with like a lumberjack and then like calling it a day. (laughs) Somehow you're going to get the word out. All the gay lumberjacks (laughs) come to my cabin. (laughs) That'd be something to write a book about. Do you want to switch gears and talk about money? Yeah. So, as before, guess how much money this movie cost to make? Okay. So, the Iron Man mm-hmm. cost 140 mm-hmm. million dollars yep. to make. 1 million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I know I wanted to say 1000 there. <laughs> 140 grand. Just uh Okay. And this movie was shittier. Well, that doesn't really factor into cost. It had more computer graphics. Yes, but shittier ones. <laughs> yep, but shittier ones. It had um, less explosions. Yes. And the explosions that it did have did not seem to contain any fireworks. Yes. It also did not have, which... I don't know that was a huge factor in Iron Man 1, but certainly in every movie following, which you will learn, did not have Robert Downey Jr. And that is a cost differential of tens of millions of dollars. (laughs) Okay, and it did not have an expensive actor. Oh, but he was in the post-credit scene, or the pre-credit scene. So, well, there's that. It was that much? Okay, and then it did not have Gwyneth Paltrow I don't know how much she costs. Probably not much. She's making all of her money on Goop, (laughs) selling $500 sandals. (laughs) So I'm going to go with less than half. So 50 million? No. $40 million? $150 million. (laughs) So more than Iron Man? Yep. Are you kidding me? No. Okay. Yeah. I what what <laughs> what like was this the plan or was the plan like we're gonna make Iron Man and then we're gonna take the profits from that and you know that failed franchise from five years ago we're gonna sink all our profits into that we recast the Hulk so may- <laughs> maybe that will help a little but probably not. So they were produced by different studios. Um. So that's part of it. And so then they couldn't reuse any assets. I don't like what I just there's a different budgetary team behind it. Okay. Um I assume they didn't plan on this being a terrible movie and also no one knew that Iron Man would be the phenomenon that it was and make 500 million dollars. So like, it's like I can understand. Um, did they not com- Okay. Well, yeah. did they not read the script? I ask myself that a lot when watching these movies. How much do you think it made domestically? Um, okay. I'm going to call it a domestic loss. You would not be wrong. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to say that it made um, $80 million. 134. Okay. So it, it came close-ish. Mm-hmm. But it did not cover its budget. Opening weekend, it made... Fifty-five million dollars. Okay, that... as opposed to the near hundred million dollars that Iron Man made. 
Like, why didn't they not, like, look at the last one? The 2003? Think, yeah, and be like, oh, let's kind of, like, temper our expectations here. Yeah, actually, I don't hey, know no how much. Hey, even though we recast this Ed Norton, everybody loves Ed Norton. It's probably not going to be that much better. It is the Hulk after Honestly, all. Honestly, I don't care for Ed Norton. So, yeah, the, the Hulk in 2003 was also Universal Studios, and that one made $132 million and cost $137. Oh, a loss. Yeah. Very similar budget also. But its worldwide was $245 million. And guess how much the worldwide total for this one was? Oh, can I guess the same amount as the last $245 million? 263 So they made a profit of about $100 million. Uh-huh. Except for most of these movies generally have a marketing budget that is almost equal to the production budget. So they probably made like $0 on this movie. Okay, that makes sense. It broke not, even. That was not a good movie. No, it wasn't. Okay. Box office failure. Uh, critical failure? Oh, we didn't talk about the critical reviews of Iron Man. Should we add that to our podcast? Do we have to? I mean, we don't have to. What, but what does a critical... I mean, like, just the Rotten Tomatoes score. Oh, okay. I'm guessing everybody hated this. I'm uh, also guessing that everyone hated this. So on Rotten Tomatoes, we've got a 67%... Critic score, so that I mean. Oh, it, it's a critic score, not a critical score. Yes, I could give it a critical score. They're all <laughs> bad. Sixty-seven um, percent is technically fresh, so it is technically a positive score. Uh, um, and seventy-one percent of audiences that rated it liked it. They're wrong. You think so? I'll say that. Okay. Um, I disagree. But also, it was 2008. It was a different time. All right. Whatever. So. Okay. So, back to plot. So. So. They're on the run. Betty? No. They're oh, not no, on the run Oh, no. They're not yet. on the run yet. I'm Betty, jumping ahead because I just want to get this done. Okay. So, Betty <laughs> finds uh, um, Bruce Banner in the on rain. The and the, on, on the ridge. And it's totally romantic. But she's with the other guy. She's wearing a white shirt. So it's totally see-through. So she brings him back to her house and makes him sleep on her sleeper sofa and she stays in bed and then there's this long scene which shows them both in bed. They're separate beds. Yes. And then in the morning... Lying awake wishing they were laying together. Yep. And then in the morning she's like, I'll drive you to the station but that doesn't happen. Oh, and she gives him the data which he like put on a... USB drive yes. and keeps it in her. Which also fancy not box. buying that there's a USB drive in 2008 that can fit however much data. There's live video oh, there's on that data. Oh. There's all type of science data. Not buying it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. And <laughs> and she's like, and he's like, give me cash. And so she gives him cash, and she's like, I'll drive you to the station, and maybe he's. Taking trains. Also, what an amazing ruse would this be if, like, 
this is just like your like deadbeat ex-boyfriend like shows up on your doorstep and like tells you this whole conspiracy about how the government's chasing him and he's been living out of Brazil just so he can get some cash from you and get you to drive him to the bus station. Um, yeah, but she was part of that experiment. That's true. So I guess that's kind of why it works. But go ahead and try that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then instead of driving through campus, they get in a big battle. Yes. Battle on campus. He runs away from the super soldiers and the other soldiers and he swallows the thumb drive. Um, And then they lock him in like this like skyway glass enclosure. Uh, On (laughs) campus. On campus. And just like fully have like tanks and like hummers just driving on the quad. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they shoot like tear gas into the thing and then he hulks out and busts out and starts just destroying the tanks and the Hummers and the army men. Uh-huh. And this is when Super Soldier Man has officially become part one of being a super soldier and he took some of the juice. Yep, that where he took off his, yes. his shirt. And, and had like, to paint it on abs. Yep, and um, this is what I remember. It's like he... He got between, like, it was like a hammock contraption where he had to get between two, um, yeah, two gurney things that mm-hmm. had like strips so that, like, you could see parts of him. And then they shot him up with a bunch of uh, super soldier juice. Yeah, in they his gave him like an epidural. And, yeah, whatever. Okay, so now so he's then he like, he can run really fast. Yeah, and stuff like that. And like, uh, survive the Hulk like punting him into a tree. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I did love the ragdoll effect when his body hit the tree though. Uh-huh. I did I did love that the the Hulk took some weird like giant metal sculpture thing on oh, campus yeah. and like used it as weapons mm-hmm. because that thing was kind of ugly. It was. And it reminds me of big ugly sculpture things so that you then- totally find on campuses. We don't have a sky beam in this episode, but we do have yet another weird science fiction-y audio device where they're like, they pull up on these Humvees and start blasting the Hulk with like sound oh, waves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that thing made no sense. Like what? And it was like it was it was like pressurized yes. air so that he couldn't like he couldn't like push into it like Yeah. Like as if they had giant fans that were pushing him back. I don't. I didn't understand. I didn't understand that either. I get it. And so then he kills those, and then Liv Tyler. Okay, can we talk about the fact that Liv Tyler is in this field on campus? Mm-hmm. The entire t- like automatic rifles are being fired. Like air support helicopters with machine guns are coming in. They're shooting giant sound wave machines. It's like military controlled, tear gas is flying everywhere, sculptures are being destroyed. And Liv Tyler, still in her little blouse, are just like in the middle of the field. Um, yeah. I was assuming that the only reason there weren't students around was because it's like six AM. But there were those two students hiding oh, behind yeah. the tree. Why were they there? Because to film. Oh yeah. On their cell phones. Which again, in two thousand eight. There is no camera that you have that's portable. I don't care if it's a digital camera. I don't care if it's your cell phone that would take 
enough quality footage to then play on the news later. Yeah, I don't have a good enough memory to remember what exactly was going on in 2008. That one feels like... In 2008, I got my first cell phone, and it was not great. Okay, you're right. Um, It did have a camera. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So then Hulk has this, like, emo haircut still, and... He kills the sound wave machines and then the air support comes in and like fires rockets at him or something. Oh, yeah, totally. This is all makes sense. Um, and the oh, colonel is like fully unconcerned that his daughter is standing right next to him. And then she almost blows up and he gets really concerned. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Uh, but Hulk shields her from the blasts and then oh. picks her like unconscious body up. And gives the colonel a dirty look and then runs away to a waterfall. (laughs) Yeah, to a waterfall. (laughs) And then he hits his head on the ceiling of the waterfall of the cave that they're hiding under. And then gets like really angry at the thunder. And she has to calm him down. Yeah. And this is what... (laughs) This is the last straw for me in terms of the cohesion with the rest of the cinematic universe because it's a whole thing in future films with the Hulk that, like, he cannot be calmed down. And, like, I will only give it to them because he's in love with Liv Tyler and they come up with this bullshit-ass plot device, Man Age of Ultron, where Scarlett Johansson, they manufacture this romance just for the one movie between them. And she's the only one that's able to calm him down by telling him that the sun's getting real low, big guy, and like patting him on the head. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> we'll get there. But uh, do we have to? <laughs> even, even still, it's a whole running thing, both in the comics and in the films, where Hulk does not like to be called Bruce Banner. They are like two separate entities, they're two different conscious beings. And Hulk refers to Banner as like puny Banner and has like a masculinity complex about it. And it only makes him angrier and Hulk out more to be con- con- uh, confused, confused with, with the- Bruce Banner. And she calls him Bruce like a ton of times. And she just calms him down in the middle of his like thunder rage with no effort. And like, well, maybe this is before he started calling himself Hulk, so he didn't have his own identity yet. <laughs> this it was the coming like, of age Hulk movie. Yeah, like I haven't named myself yet. I have no name, so Bruce is okay until I discover Hulk Smash. <laughs> I just, I didn't understand. He had like so much control, seemingly, over the Hulk. Like even uh-huh. in the final fight scene. Yep, and like. The entire point of the Hulk is that he doesn't have control over it. That's why he went to live in Brazil and meet his end master. And like, it just makes no sense. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very convenient to the plot that he sometimes can control the Hulk and sometimes cannot. Yeah. It's also very convenient that sometimes he can just like turn into the Hulk on a dime. And sometimes he doesn't even when he's running full speed and jumping off of buildings. Uh Uh-huh. And it's also very convenient that his pants never fall off. (laughs) But the rest of his clothing always does. And then, do you remember? I don't remember if it was when he was in Mexico or if it was when they got back from the, in the motel from the waterfall. But at one point, 
he's wearing pants. He gets extra stretchy pants. And then they rip when he turns into the Hulk. Yep. And then he's carrying them around his waist and they're fully the size of his whole body. (laughs) Like, it looks like a parachute. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I understand that they stretched and they ripped, but he would have had to have been wearing those pants before turning into the Hulk. Yep. So there's no way he was wearing pants the size of his whole body. (laughs) Yep. So now Betty Ross. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Betsy Ross. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And Bruce Banner, because he has become unhulkified, Uh are on the run. Mm -hmm. They're at a motel. They go to a motel. And this woman, who is a doctor, mm-hmm. presumably an intelligent young woman, has to be told while on the run from the U.S. government, of which her father is a commanding officer in, that she can't use her cell phone or her credit cards. Yep. Has she never watched any type of primetime TV drama before? Um, I'm going to go with she was too busy studying. Sci-fi biology. <laughs> yes, studying sci-fi biology. Okay. And she doesn't know how credit cards work. I don't know. And I don't know if they were trying to make a joke or out of that. Were, I don't he know. He dumps out her purse and he goes, we can't use any of this. And she's like, any of it? Even my lipstick? <laughs> yup. <laughs> He's like, well, no, like just like the credit cards and the cell phone. And I'm like, anyways. So they're in the motel. She gets rid of her credit cards. Uh, then they go to meet Mr. Blue. Oh, can we talk about the haircut first? Oh, yes, yes. She gives him a haircut. Yes. And it's very sensual. It, it is. So sensual, in fact. They wanted to have sensual sex. Yes. And then he says... No, and then she says, but I want to. And then he says, no, I can't get excited. And then she's like, like it all? And he's like, nope, heart rate stuff, even though he ran around a favela. Yes. Yeah. And so, so I like, is it is it just his heart rate? Or is it just when he gets angry? Because like, should he be getting angry during sex? I assumed it was just his heart rate. That's why he has a heart rate monitor. But then he can run through the favela. Oh, and then... And then before they leave, she gives him another. I mean, it's not like a Nike watch because that doesn't exist yet. But like, it's a heart rate monitor. A heart rate monitor watch thingy, and um, that she bought without her credit card, right? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I don't know where she got all this cash. <laughs> she did have a lot of cash in this movie. Yeah, and <laughs> and then she's like, "I'm gonna sell this necklace," and he's like, "Oh, but that's your mother's necklace." Oh, but like it's a tiny how 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 oh. expensive is this necklace? Because gosh darn, they buy like a beat up pickup truck with it. And then, like, what was that? That felt so shoehorned and lazy. They never once reference her mother, so apparently she's dead. <laughs> I assume everybody's parents are dead, generally speaking, in superhero movies. I guess. And then I assumed it was something from the 2003 Hulk, which I didn't see and didn't want to. Yeah, well, yeah. So then they buy a truck and they drive to New York City. Uh Uh-huh. Because that's where Mr. Blue is. And then they don't have their truck and they have to take a taxi. Nope, they, they don't have their truck because... 
the somebody discovers they're heading to New York because they find out they unencrypt the encryption thing. Right. Find out they're going to see Mr. Bloom. Right. They start stopping every single car mm-hmm. that goes into New York City. So um, on a bridge. This is on, on a bridge. So they're heading into New York City on a bridge, which seems kind of weird because like map-wise, they would have been he- heading in on the, in the Lincoln Tunnel. Instead, they just <laughs> leave their car on the bridge. Yes, they do. Geography. <laughs> yeah. Oh, should I play the thing? <laughs> Geography. <laughs> they leave their car on the bridge. They're like, don't get out too fast or draw attention to yourself. We'll just be people walking <laughs> on this freeway on this bridge where there aren't supposed to be pedestrians. At a security checkpoint. Near a security checkpoint. And they take a boat over to Manhattan. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like a like a like a bayou like speedboat. Yep. Yep. And then once they get into Manhattan, they take a taxi because they realize can't take the subway where everybody's pushy and it's a tube underground and I have a Hulk here. Even though he can live in a favela. Even though he can live in a favela. Instead, they're like, we'll take a taxi. It turns out there's a bad taxi driver and mm-hmm. then like, yeah, like terrible driver. Gets out, finally gets out of the car and then Liv Tyler starts yelling at the driver, and then he says something um, sexual to her, and then she gets even madder. Mm-hmm. Which, and then they walk. One of the big instances of her not whispering, one of the few, mm-hmm. she's just laying in to the taxi driver. Yep. Um, yeah, and then they go to Mr. Blue's office at not Columbia University. Yep, it's approximately where Columbia would be, but it's called Greyburn College. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got a, like, Dr. Frankenstein lab table. and Where you can strap him in with some leather straps. He's got a small refrigerated warehouse, I would describe it as. That's pretty accurate. Of blood. <laughs> of uh, cloned. Is it cloned? Or I don't know. Can you replicate I, blood without cloning it? I don't understand a lick of that. Somehow know. he took his original, like, little sample of blood yes. that he shipped in the mail. And now he's little... just got, like, gallons of it. Yep. Gallons of it. Liters. I'm sorry. That's how they measure blood is liters. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> the super scientific thing. Yep. And so. He's like, this is going to cure cancer. Um, let's like, we got to get more of your blood. We got to figure out how this works. And Bruce is like, no, you don't understand. The government wants to turn this into a weapon. You've got to fix me and destroy all of this blood. Um, side note, the blood never comes into play again. <laughs> um, so then the military shows up. They, they get Bruce. The snipers get him. They tranquilize him. Oh, they put him on a helicopter or something, yeah. right? A helicopter. Oh, before that, they do try to fix him and they do a procedure. But then he like roids out and pulls out half of his IVs before they can press the button. Even though Liv Tyler's screaming, Dr. Blue, press the button. But he's just like staring in awe. And then it doesn't work. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but they're not sure if it doesn't work because he unhulks out. 
So yeah. it might have worked, but we they might you not. You don't know if it calmed his incident or, or if it fixed him forever. Yeah. And so then he gets taken away and she gets in a fight with her dad and they give her a trauma blanket, which I loved that little detail. Um, and then she's like, don't ever talk to me as your daughter again. And he's like, the only reason you're not in handcuffs is because you're my daughter. And then she just walks away. <laughs> she just goes somewhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but then um, the super soldier guy, mm-hmm. who's like all roided up on his super soldier juice, but he's like coming down from it. Oh, because side note, so we skipped over this whole plot point. He's not dead. <laughs> um, his, right. All of his bones got smashed against the tree, but somehow he survived. Oh, yeah. And then he healed because he's super soldier. Yes. Um, so he goes up to Dr. Blue, Mr. Blue, and he's like, give me whatever you gave him. And he's like, I don't have the data. I'm not quite sure what he gave him. It could go wrong. And then he like chokes him and then he gives it to him anyways. And then he turns into a monster. Yep. (laughs) A monster that looks shockingly like the main villain from Dale's favorite movie, Batman versus Superman. What? Uh, Doomsday. I'm going to show you a side-by-side of Abomination and Doomsday. Oh, his name is Abomination in in the Hulk, and they make this really cheap joke. They do. They say, (laughs) I don't know what will happen if I inject you with this stuff because you have this super soldier juice in you. It could make you an abomination. And he, like, may as well have just, like, looked into the camera and winked when he said it. It was not great. Um, so describe the differences between Doomsday and Abomination. Um, one is a little more blue. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. They, they both have the spikes down their spine and random like bone spikes protruding from different body parts. Their general physique is the same. Their heads are too small for their shoulders, so they look humpback. Um, and the computer graphics are terrible. Okay. <laughs> I won't disagree with that one. Yeah, so um, then Liv Tyler, even though as far as the language that I was given by the camera angle and the conversation she has with her father. Uh-huh. Walked off somewhere. Like, oh. she was gone. Yeah, she's in the helicopter. She's right? just on the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> with <laughs> Colonel Mustache and Bruce, who's no longer strapped to a gurney. Oh, okay. Um, and they're flying out of New York. And Yeah. Who wants to be there? The monster is, like, destroying New York City and killing all these army men and taxi drivers. And well, so, if uh, any of the taxi drivers are like that one, <laughs> <laughs> they're like watching it on their CCTV on the helicopter. Oh yeah, and Colonel Mustache says, "Lead him to Harlem." <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, which I mean. Columbia, you know, like where it was on the map, that university is not like too far from Harlem, but like, oh, giant monster, 
let's lead them to where all the black people live. Yeah. Cool. So on top of being a negligent and abusive father, he's also a racist. Um, and creates super soldiers and is basically a murderer. So they turn the helicopter around because Bruce is like, you're not going to be able to stop him. Only the Hulk has a chance to stop him. And Crow Mustache is like, no way. And he's like, yes way. And then Liv Tyler's like, you don't even know if you can turn into the Hulk. You might be cured. And he's like, well, there's only one way to find out. And then she's like, well, do you have a parachute? And he's like, nope, just open the back door. I'm just going to fall out backwards. Cool. (laughs) Which super responsible. Also confused me because I'm like, this is another trope you will notice as these movies go on where the Hulk needs to turn into the Hulk and then falls from the sky into the ground. (laughs) It happens in almost every movie. Okay. Um, So he knows that he needs to turn into the Hulk. Yep. This is the goal. Uh Uh-huh. And so instead of just like jumping face first out of the helicopter and elevating his heart rate, he goes into this like zen pose and falls comfortably backwards with his eyes closed. Yeah. That makes no sense. (laughs) Obviously, you're not going to turn into the Hulk like that. Yeah. And then he smashes through the ground. He definitely should be dead. But as you astutely pointed out, because the ground smashed and his body didn't just go splat. Yeah. It's safe to assume that he turned into the Hulk. Yeah. I would have done like a skydiver thing, right? Yeah. Like, I would have done like a, I'm going to have fun with this for a little while and then freak out. Yeah. <laughs> and that will turn me into the Hulk. But no. So then he turns into the Hulk. Surprise, surprise. And they start punching each other. It's a lot of punching. Just a lot of CG crawling on the side of buildings. Um, yeah. Um, punching each other through buildings. Yeah, this is where I kind of was like, is this just King Kong? Yeah. So this is probably the closest that we get to the Marvel formula where the third act always has like a 20 minute just like a CG punch fest. <laughs> oh, is this <laughs> For no reason. Boring. Uh, yeah. The only one that doesn't actually is Doctor Strange. Um, they're a little bit more clever about it. Oh. But, yeah, so they punch each other a lot, and then the Abomination jumps on the helicopter, and the Hulk grabs him by the ankle. Uh-huh. And then they're just, like, dragging the helicopter down through Harlem. Uh-huh. And then it crashes, and it's on fire. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And the Hulk (laughs) claps his hands very aggressively at the fire. Oh, yeah! (laughs) And it goes out. Amazing! (laughs) (laughs) This, like, diesel fire. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Just blows out. Um, But he's so focused on putting out the fire that he Uh doesn't notice the abomination has grabbed what look to be ship anchors or oh, wrecking yeah. balls. He has like a giant chains and he's like swinging them around. <laughs> and he, Not like, sure what they are. <laughs> smacks the Hulk with them. But then the Hulk grabs a hold of them and like chokes him out. 
and he's about to murder the guy. And then Liv Tyler asks him to stop. <laughs> and he does. And that's basically the end of the movie. So do we get to see the abomination again? Because I'm not looking forward to it. No. But, and see, I don't care about the Hulk, and I don't read the comics. But when Dr. Blue, Mr. Blue, um, falls to the ground, and he's got, like, a head wound, and then, like, the blood starts dripping from the vial onto his face, and it starts to, like, bubble and boil... Apparently, that was an insinuation that he was going to become a villain that's also, like, a popular Hulk villain. Uh-huh. I don't know who. I don't care because this movie's not getting a sequel because it didn't make any money. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. So, then uh, Bruce goes to Canada, and he's in British Columbia, and he's uh-huh. in a log cabin. Uh-huh. Where's to... British Columbia? Uh, it's a province. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In Canada? In Canada. Uh-huh. North of here. Geography? <laughs> okay. So most of Canada is north of here. Uh-huh. So technically, you aren't wrong. <laughs> uh, Anything else? Where specifically is it? It's in the west, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just north of where? What What state? Washington. Yeah. yeah. Just north of Washington. Okay. Uh I know this because I lived in Washington. Uh, recently, there were dramatic fires, presumably in the forest that the Hulk was living in. Um, and they rained ash down on Washington when the wind oh, blew. Yeah. So yeah, Hulk started a fire in Washington. Uh, Heard it here first. That, that's also where Bigfoot lives. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, maybe the Hulk fought Bigfoot. That'd be a May- fun movie. Maybe. So yeah. Uh, he's living in British Columbia and then it ends it tries to be like cutesy and have a cliffhanger where he like hulks out for literally no reason he's like meditating and then his heart rate goes up and it's like days since incident zero um yeah that didn't make any sense for me so I forgot about it because I was like that's dumb it was dumb you think you're the only superhero in the world you're here with a mission sir well I guess that's worth a look and thank you, by the way, for listening. Rose. And then, because this movie was so dumb and everyone wanted to get out of the theater immediately, it does not have a post credit scene. It has yeah. a pre credit scene. It's probably because uh, nobody could fast forward through a bunch <laughs> of the movie like you could. Yeah. So um, you find Agent, Doctor, Colonel, General, <laughs> Mustache. <laughs> yeah. Um, sitting in a bar. Drinking absinthe shots because it's green. Yep. And Tony Stark walks in wearing enormous high heels, as he tends to do, because Robert Downey Jr. is very short. Oh, I didn't notice that part, but okay. Yeah. It's really fun to look at pictures of him standing next to Gwyneth Paltrow, because uh, he'll be like in heels, and she'll be in heels, and she's like still way taller than him. Um, but yeah, so he comes in and he's like being sarcastic with the general and the general's like, you're wearing a nice suit. You wear nice suits. And then he's like, we're putting a team together. It's not like, yeah, I'm rich. Yeah. And then. (laughs) That's why I never joined the army. (laughs) I think they reference shield maybe. I don't know. But yeah, it was stupid. It was real stupid. It was boring. What did we learn? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. Okay, we learned that 
if you're a victim of a science experiment with your girlfriend, you can probably knock on her door and she'll give you cash. <laughs> but yep. if you weren't the victim of a science experiment or she wasn't a part of it, you may not have as good of luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I learned, tip a friend, uh, elderly owner of a pizzeria, and that way you'll always have a place to stay and free food. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> we got to get on <laughs> I learned that the government can't trace your lip gloss. Mm-hmm. And uh, I learned that sex makes your heart rate go up. <laughs> I guess. I learned that from Twilight. Or I learned that maybe the Hulk is the saddest character there is. <laughs> yeah, he's tortured. What's interesting about that post-credit, pre-credit scene Yeah, is that the Hulk... Is not recruited by Tony Stark or S.H.I.E.L.D. It's the general who has nothing to do with the Avengers. Right? <laughs> like. Really? It wasn't like the Hulk was sitting in a box. Bo- oh, no. Whatever. And the general. And the general, who's a jerk. In later films, he gets a promotion and he's like a government official. Seriously? Uh, we're going to promote that jerk? Right? Okay. He should be in prison. Um, he is like an antagonist. Of the Avengers and like an asshole in the future movies. Well, okay. And the Hulk is recruited by Scarlett Johansson in the Avengers movies when she's being interrogated and has to take a phone call. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, Felix, what was your favorite part of this movie? When it ended. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Honestly, my favorite part was when they gave her the comfort blanket. I love comfort blanket as a trope in film. It's like the greatest thing to me. I don't know why, but I always notice it. Uh-huh. Okay. Because it's like, oh, you know why? It's because in Sherlock, the um, Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. Yes. Who is Doctor Strange. Um, um, yeah, the other Sherlock is also in these movies. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, but so uh, in the first episode of Sherlock, uh, Watson gets a, a trauma blanket and Sherlock makes like a sarcastic comment about them. And I think that's why I noticed them. Anyway, um, yeah, what was your favorite part? I liked when Liv Tyler told off her dad. Mm. So the same part. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, your least favorite part? there's so many bad parts. The part that like bothers me the most, just like as a film, and like I wish that um, the uh, script supervisor or one of the producer, like it's literally someone's job in these films to like be on set and make sure that there are consistencies between shots. Yes. They make a point of Bruce Banner getting a haircut. Yep. And, you know, I can, I'll, you know, CG, it was a different time. It's hard to do. I'm certainly not doing 3D modeling. But if his, he has this emo Final Fantasy haircut, fine. You can't match Ed Norton's haircut. It's an ugly haircut. But then they make a point in the movie that Liv Tyler gives him a haircut. And Hulk's haircut does not change whatsoever. The haircut was your least favorite part. <laughs> yes. What was yours? I guess the end fight scene 
Which made no sense yeah. and was irritating. It was about 10 minutes it longer than it needed long. to be. Yeah. And he clapped the fire away. Yeah. And that too. the abomination could speak like fluent English. Oh, yeah. But Hulk can't. He can just say like Hulk smash. Hulk smash. <sighs> so are we going to talk about how many Batman versus Superman this is? Yeah. You are never a god. You are never even a man. Kill Martha. Can I say two? Two? Because this was not very good. But you still think it's two times better than Batman vs. Superman? Yeah. Yeah. So I but assume you'd rank this one below the Avengers. Yeah. And below Iron Man and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what our next movie is? Um, you told me at the beginning of this podcast and the answer is Iron Man 2. Yes. Okay. What happens in Iron Man 2? Um, in Iron Man 2, Tony Stark continues to hit on his favorite employee, Pepper Potts, and she, she doesn't really have any of it, and she probably does something weird like brush her teeth with some like algae or something and invents goop. <laughs> I actually looked. She started goop in 2008. What? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, can we stop now? So maybe join us next time for Iron Man 2, or maybe I quit this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned to find out. (laughs)